That's right, Whisper Nation. The time has finally come for you to be the very best in your league. You too can draft them all with the Fantasy Whisperers Draft Kit, complete with whispers, wannabes, tear jumpers, strength of schedule, player profiles, and so much more. You too can be a fantasy football master. Simply go to thefantasywhispers.com and enter your email for a free draft kit today. You are now listening to the Fantasy Whisper Podcast with your hosts, Johnny, Game Time Hicks, and Big Travi. Why, hello and welcome, Whisper Nation, to the Fantasy Whispers Podcast. That's Big Travi, and I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and we're here to give you that fantasy football fix. Big Travi, we're at episode 18, dude. I'm so excited. You want to let the fantasy nation know what we're going over today? That's right, Whisper Nation. Today, the fantasy whispers are going to get a little romantic. We're going to start our bromances with a player from each position. And me and Johnny are going to start this bromance for all year long. That's right, Travis. We are picking our bromances that we are loving where they're going and what value they present. And we're going to give those whispers, or like I say, whisper to you all on this episode. So stay tuned. And we're going to be having a lot of fun letting you guys know who you guys can steal in certain rounds and look at everybody else and just reap the glory yeah, I think that fantasy player. I think it's important to tell the people this is not your millennial relationship. Okay, yeah. we're not just going to be able to wishy washy get out of it after a bad week. We are stuck with these guys in our bromance all year long. Me and Johnny are going to bed with these guys figuratively, and uh, <laughs> we are we are making sure that you guys know we are season long lovers of these guys for sure. Yep, and secretly. Although it's not going to be a secret anymore, right, Travis? No, you no. and I, you and I are going to keep score of all of these players, and we're going to do a whisper beer bet on who has the better players at the end of the year. And man, that could be like four beers somebody's chugging. It, it could be. And guess what? There'll be a lot more than four people watching us do that when we when we do <laughs> it on on this show. So That's right, yeah. So that's a good thing. All right, but before we get into our show, I want to thank you guys for joining us. If you haven't joined us before, welcome to the show. Uh, we're the Fantasy Whispers, and we have two shows now a week. We go that's on right. that's right up leading you up to the fantasy football season. If you want to draft like a master. You're going to want to go over to the fantasywhispers.com and pick up that free, yes, I said free draft kit, which is going to help you dominate. And then you can go from there and link to all of our social media. You can get on Instagram. We've been dropping awesome videos on their player profile videos. Uh, follow us on Facebook. You'll get updates as well as go ahead and subscribe on YouTube. You're going to really, really enjoy the experience that we're going to bring you and the fantasy football advice that we're going to give you to help you dominate your league. All right, Travis, let's get in with the little news and notes here. Let's do it. Mm. 
news and notes from around the NFL. All right, Big Travi, our, our news and notes comes from the sleeper bot. All right, breaking news coming from last night's game. Uh, the Packers played in a preseason game, and Jamal Williams suffered an ankle injury during the Packers' second preseason game. At this point, when we are recording this, we are not sure exactly the extent of it. But Travis, do you want to talk about, uh, I mean, this kind of just goes into what you've been kind of preaching all off season that Aaron Jones is actually the guy that you're going to probably want here. Uh, but now are you thinking Ty Montgomery is going to be more of the guy you're going to target now? Well, yeah, he's going to get a couple shots to like be the guy at the start of the year, I think. I don't know that Ty Montgomery's durable enough to be uh, every down back for the Packers. Aaron Jones, however, I do like Aaron Jones. I just feel like if you're drafting this weekend, when you're listening to this, yeah, Aaron Jones is going to be a value. I feel like as the weeks go on, though, Aaron Jones might lose some of the value that he has, even with the two-game suspension. So keep an eye on his ADP. You know, for me, that's just uh, that's just the warning sign there. But, man, Aaron Jones... I, I, you know, obviously I'm a little upset that Jamal Williams got hurt, but uh, Aaron Jones uh, definitely going to be fast tracked into, depending on the severity of the injury, fast tracked into the starting role. All right. This one, this one uh, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about because uh, it's someone that I've been rooting for and I came close to being on this show actually, but Nick Foles was forced from Thursday, pre Thursday's preseason game against the Patriots with a strained throwing shoulder. Uh, it looked really, really bad when, you know, it was a, a sack fumble. Nick Foles was, you know, lining up to to throw a deep bomb, got stripped from behind, immediately went down holding his peck. Travis, you know, there's been rumors that Carson Wentz may or may not be ready by week one. He certainly thinks he will be, although there's been a lot of uh, rumors and whispers uh, going around the last few days by, you know, elite. NFL scouting uh, reporting that of saying I not sure exactly if that's an accurate times table. What do you what are you thinking here? Well, I just think that the carousel continues to turn for that quarterback situation in Philly. They wanted to make sure that you know Wentz was going to be okay to come back, and now Foles they don't have that insurance anymore if Foles goes down. So it's a little bit dicey. I do think that Wentz is ready. I think they may be slow playing him a little bit. I think mm -hmm. they did pick up Hackenberg. I'm not sold that Hackenberg is going to be the answer for them in any way, shape, or form. But I do think they could, you know, look at throwing him in there for maybe one game if he does enough in the preseason. Uh, they could have him one game and then and then have Wentz come back lean heavily on the run game, which is, you know, as this breaks down, Johnny, I have been kind of down on the pass catchers for Philly yeah. coming into the season. But somebody I'm starting to rise on is Jay Ajayi. Jay Ajayi, I think, is someone the Eagles may lean on the run, lean on that elite defense that they have, and really try and pound the rock going into the start of the year to get their quarterbacks healthy and ramped up, especially Carson Wentz. So look for that. I think Jay Ajayi is going right in that sweet spot right now where you can get him with the likes of, you know, Alex Collins and some others right there. I do like Alan, Alex Collins more, but if you had, you know, Alex Collins got swooped from you, Jay Ajayi. So for me, uh, that's who I think this news affects the most. Wentz is going to make it back. And he's going to be effective. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more there on all those evaluations, actually. All right, on Thursday night's game, Samaje Pirine, ankle sprain is being evaluated. Um, not much information Johnny. came out. Johnny, you know who didn't sprain his ankle? Thursday night? 
You know who also did not Fat look good? Fat Rob Kelly, baby! You also know who didn't look that good? Fat hey, Rob. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. P-Ryan had one it run, a, and it was like a 30-yard run. Johnny, listen, she may not be the best-looking one, but she's the only one there, okay? All right, fair so point. Going but home with her. In all, in all seriousness, well, that was a good you. call. In, in all seriousness, that it, <laughs> this is true. In all seriousness, that was a good call, Travis. On on not, I did kind of jump the boat there and and automatically assume. Although I will say, P Ryan in both games has looked better. But again, if this injury is serious, or you know, for some reason reason, Jay Gruden loves Fat Rob. So I mean, I can't argue. He's the coach. So. All right, the athletic Jeff, uh, the the athletics uh, Jeff Howe reports Rex Burkhead undisclosed injury is minor. At what point do you start to get concerned about this? You know, not having any information. You know, you and I are both high on Rex Burkhead, especially with the latest news about how Sony Michelle being an injury and a possible to be returned by the first week of the season. But Travis, do you at what point? Are you starting to get concerned with Rex Burkhead? He missed a lot of games last year. He missed six of them. So especially. Oh, man. This is kind of frustrating for both because Sony Michelle's whole deal was there's something funky with his knee. What's going on? And Mm. that was the whole draft card on him. That's why teams weren't really as sold as the Patriots were. Then the Patriots pick him up. We feel like, oh, the Patriots knew something everybody else did. Like usual, Mm. he gets hurt. Rex Burkhead also dinged up a lot last year, but effective in the time that he was there. Tried and true. You know, James White had a big game tonight during the preseason. So there's another back to talk about. And Jeremy Hill in their first preseason game. Picture him. He looks good. I am now leaning. I'm kind of fading more of these guys based on their ADP right now. Sony Michelle's a nice guy to maybe stash if he continues to fall. Um, because I think he'll come back and given the draft stock, they'll want to use him more. But I think we're leaning towards the old days of Belichick where you're not going to know who or what to start here. And so for me, the only one that I, I think is kind of interesting, though, mm-hmm. is Jeremy Hill, Johnny. Like yeah. start to watch Jeremy Hill because the LeGarrette Blunt, the super, super early Mike Gillisley game, the one game he mm. had. The Jeremy, the LeGarrette Blunt, like the touchdown, the smash mouth guy, they're going to want that guy. And Jeremy Hill is a pretty physical runner. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's a guy to watch for me. Also, I just want to, I, I just want to, there aren't any rumors <laughs> or speculation about this. And I just want to know what Travis's thoughts are on it. Could, if this news comes out about P. Ryan actually, you know, injuring, let's say he, it's worse than an ankle sprain, right? Now you're down two. What do you think the odds are that my boy, Gillisley gets signed by the Redskins. Man, I thought you were gonna go. Uh, I thought you were gonna go Demarco Murray. Uh, well, listen, if anybody gets signed by the Redskins, and if P Ryan's injury is serious, yeah. and anybody gets signed by the Redskins, that is interesting to watch. And I'll tell you why. Because last year, I believe they had about thirty-one carries within the goal line, within the five-yard line last year, which was a lot. They just did not convert on them. Their line was banged up last year. Their line is much improved this year. Uh, they will be a productive offense, especially with Alex Smith. They do not; pr- He does not turn the ball over. And Jay Gruden is a good offensive coach. So I think that whoever can be the thumper and first and second down goal line runner for uh, Washington is going to be valuable. So, yes, if Gillisley hypothetically got signed, heck, if your boy Big Travi got signed, you'd have to take a look. <laughs> 
definitely. I would definitely draft you last. Oh, got him! Got him! Bless him! All right. Uh, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, this is an uh, this is a two-parter here, and then I'm just gonna jump into my opinion on this one because I want to voice it. Good, good. The first People one is want to hear it. I hope the first one is the Cleveland Plain Dealer reports free agent Des Bryant is looking for a one-year prove-it deal. With the Browns, he's there to visit today and tomorrow and look for them to possibly try to strike a deal. Here's what I find is interesting, and that's the next part of the news, is that the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and same th- report, the Browns still expect Josh Gordon to return in 2018. Now, I don't know if you've watched the last Hard Knocks, Travis, or not, but not they, the most recent one. They, they, uh, they traded Corey Coleman, which you knew about. They traded Corey Coleman because the reports that they liked the the new rookie coming in, they liked him quite a bit. Well, exactly. Thank you. They liked his route running, all of that. Now, here's what I find is interesting. If you just trade Corey Coleman because you were comfortable with Callaway, why would you bring in Des Bryant unless they were uncertain of Josh Gordon's status? And this is just a smoke show and that they really have no idea. I'll tell you why. Come back. I'll tell you why. Because Callaway is actually more likely to be in trouble with the NFL than Josh Gordon is. Yeah, Callaway well, was just well, picked up. I, with, I don't. I'm just. That's 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 my more, maybe a little bit, a little bit <laughs> well, of a stretch. Listen, they're basically the same kind of risk factor. We'll just say that <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Callaway that. missed all of college football last year based on his off the field issues. Then he gets picked up for cited uh, marijuana and gun parts in his vehicle. So right now I believe Des Bryant would be insurance for both Josh Gordon and Callaway. I think the deal makes a lot more sense for Cleveland than it does for Des Bryant, so to speak. Prove it deal in Cleveland is not a really good. And that's why I think there's been a lot of this back and forth between the two. So I think each side is feeling them out. And I think Cleveland stands, you know, to benefit from waiting on Josh Gordon before yeah, no. they signed Des Bryant. Yeah. All right. Last bit of news here. Uh, Delaney Walker is being evaluated after suffering a lower body injury on Thursday's practice. Travis, I know you and I both, you know, we're not super high on him. However, no, but I we both am admit- high on Marcus Mariota. Exactly. And, but And we can also say that Delaney Walker is someone that we both agree is a solid tight end. He's right. there's not going to be a top three, you know, upside for Delaney at this point in his career. But he's he's going to get you solid tight end numbers year in and year out. And the value that you were getting him at actually wasn't too bad for tight end. So yeah, going in the seventh round, about seven oh seven. So. Delaney Walker just watched this. I guess he walked gingerly off. He's also a guy that's played through a lot of injuries and played pretty well. So he's, yeah. you know, he's not necessarily, he's a tough guy and tight ends, you know, can usually be just monitor this. I know they drafted a tight end though this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of just watch that. Definitely. All right, Travi, that's all for the news and notes. Are you ready, brother, to get the show on the road? Oh, I've never been more ready in my life, Johnny. <laughs> Let's do it. That's right. And the first guy that I'm courting in my bromance is a quarterback. And his name is Matt Stafford. Matt, you've never thrown for less than 4,000 yards since 2010. 
And literally, in Jim Bob Cooter's offense, I think that you have done great things. I mean, look at last year. You only, you know, you threw 29 touchdowns and only 10 interceptions. I love that. And Johnny, really, the most important thing I think to factor in here, when we look at projections and we and we build our case for guys, we look at their weapons, right? Their pieces. Who are they throwing the ball to? Last year, Matt Stafford had two wide receivers in the top 20. And, you know, Tate was in the top 20. And Marvin Jones was the number five wide receiver in fantasy last year. Then you add in Kenny Galladay, this fantasy darling, this budding, you know, wide receiver. Golden Tate, who is, you know, a seasoned vet in this league, has saying that Galladay could be a number one wide receiver. We're looking at, at Matt Stafford potentially having the best wide receiving core that he's ever had. And that's top to bottom. No disrespect to the great one, Calvin Johnson, but he was the only guy there for a long time. So for me, I just look at the weapons. I look at the offensive line, Johnny. They went from number 19 from pro football focus to number eight coming into this year. And look at the start of the season for Matt Stafford. Weeks one through eight, he's going to start. The Lions are going to start and face one of the softest QB schedules, including games against my Packers. I know. I can even say the Packers don't have a very good secondary. The Jets, the Dolphins, and the new-look Seahawks. I'm not buying that the Seahawks are just going to be the Legion of Boom anymore. My bold prediction, though, Johnny, you know, Matt Stafford's, you know, he's come in at nine often at QB9. He's, you know, that's that seems to be the industry standard. I've got him at five, and I say that Matt Stafford will finish this year within the top five in fantasy scoring. Yeah, Travis, unfortunately... I can't argue with that, dude. I, I completely agree with that. My projections reflect that as well. I yeah, was get a your little own, bit surprised. Get your own man. Yeah. Get your own man. <laughs> oh, I'll mine. tell you about my man in just a second. <laughs> but I, I I absolutely see him being a top five quarterback this year. I, I agree with the weapons argument. I agree that they are going to use him and, and pass a lot more than people think that, that they have. And... You know, this running game is it looks, you know, carry on Johnson looks like he could be something, but they're going to do a lot of dump offs. So and he's a, a type of back who can, you know, run and pass catch out of the backfield, as well as they still have theoretic there. Uh, we do expect Amir Abdullah to either be cut or traded uh, or, you know, if he makes this team, he'll be buried in the depth chart. So I'm not really relying on him too much, but I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Travis, on, on him. However. I'm I'm sorry, but I got I got a I'm not in love with Dak Prescott. I've got a straight for him. All right. Whoa. And that's the solid truth. All right. <laughs> you're looking at the 20th quarterback coming off the board. And I know you're sure thinking like his his average ADP right now is 13.03, which is insane to me. All right. And I know what you're thinking to me, Johnny, you're so high on him. What are you thinking? You know, don't you realize that he just lost Des Bryant, who we just talked about in the news and notes, and he lost Jason Winton. That's a loss of 200 targets. What is he going to do? He wasn't good last year. So my question is, why are people so down on Dak Prescott? For me, okay, yeah, you tell me he lost Des Bryant and Jason Winton, but to me, when you look at their production, who cares? You're saying that you're going to miss 69 receptions and 50 receptions in the three games that Des Bryant missed in the 2016 season, which will reach four, five, and six. 
Dak was the QB eight, the QB nine, and the QB 12. Then you're going to say, oh, Jason Witten, though. That was his tight end. That's his go-to. He never missed a game. But let's be real about Jason Witten. He was really old, and he was slow. I mean, my grandma was faster than him, and she has a walker. So to me, I don't need to say any more about Jason Witten and his stats. You look at what they added, though. They added Michael Gallup in the draft, who was the 15th in the nation in yards (laughs) per route run last year at 3.18. So that means every time he ran, it ended up averaging 3.18 yards, which is outstanding. And then two years ago, he was second in yards per route run and 4.34. Hey, that good old defense or that good old Dallas Cowboys team didn't have a single player in the top 30 last year. Gallup was better statistically across the board than Des Bryant at all routes run except for one. And that was the comeback. I'm not worried about that. Usually college quarterbacks can't really make that throw. They're not, their arm isn't strong enough. They get their left tackle, Tyron Smith, back. He's a healthy, when he's healthy, he's the 12th best pass blocking lineman, according to Pro Football Focus. Smith isn't, when when Smith isn't playing, Dak averages 10.3 fantasy points per game. When he is playing, he averages 19.9 points. That's a huge jump. With, With Zeke, he scores an average of 19.6 fantasy points per game. Without Zeke, he's averaging 13.8 points per game, which is a, what a lot of people saw last year, which is why people are so afraid of him. But I'm going to give you one last point before I let you when I before I pass it on to you, Travis, and go on to running backs or give your rebuttal to my Dak Prescott because I know you're a little jealous over here. But <laughs> over the last two years, if you look at quarterbacks with over 500 passing attempts, Dak was only second to your boy, Aaron Rodgers, in fantasy points per drop back. You've heard of me talk about this before when I talked about quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers has a .55 average points per drop back. Dak Prescott over those two years too, .54, points less than Aaron Rodgers. And don't even get me started on the rushing touchdowns where he's never had less than six. And that's all I got to say about Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott will be minimum a top 12 quarterback this year who is currently going number 20th off the board. Wait on your quarterback and get Dak Prescott. You won't be disappointed. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I I like your argument. It makes a lot of sense, except for the fact that, you know, we're not seeing a bunch of these guys that he's throwing to ranked with inside the top 25, top 20, top 15. Like, he doesn't have that one go-to weapon that strikes fear in defense. I really don't know that any of these guys are going to be able to spot up the next best cornerback and beat them consistently enough to make Dak a guy that I want to start every single week. Yes, Zeke makes him better. Yes, he will have Zeke to throw to a little bit. But Cole Beasley, Alan Hearns, Michael Gallup, who I like. I like Michael Gallup, and I think he's a nice guy to pick up for value-wise. These aren't guys that are blowing the doors off the DBs. So for me, Dak, 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 Dak is, yeah, but Dez was a top talent at the position when in his, in his time, during his time as a top talent. So yes, he had the bad year. I'll give you that last year. But you know, before that, he was still showing great signs on a lot of the advanced metrics. But even two years uh, ago, though, he wasn't a good quarterback or a wide receiver either. 
but what I will say is it's not so much that I'm down on deck because I think he will have big games. It's more the fact that QB is so deep. There are a ton of guys from 12 to 20 to 25 that these guys that you can stream. And I think that's what they are. They're QB twos that you can stream. And I think that Dak will have plenty of good games. Um, so, all right, you want to jump into, I'm going to go ahead and play this great, great drop again, because I know how much you love this next guy up. So Travis, you want to kick it off here? Ready? Yeah, man. That's right. Jordan, Jordan Howard. I'm going to whisper in your ear here, buddy. Whisper some sweet nothings right into your ear hole. Last year, Jordan Howard faced eight men or more in the box. 43% of the time, Johnny. And he was still RB9. With an improved Bears offensive attack, I think that that's going to continue to, like, I think that's going to go the other way. They're not going to be able to stack the box against him. You know, why was he RB9 last year? He had 276 carries. He had nine touchdowns. And once again, I will say it because I love saying this as a Packers fan. The Bears sucked last year, Johnny. So he has a career average of 6.49 yards per carry from the shotgun formation. And Nagy, Matt Nagy, the new offensive coach, who may have a bromance stronger than I towards Jordan Howard, has a history of loving to run from the shotgun. Mm -hmm. Nagy also believes that Jordan Howard can play every single down. So, you know, that means that Chicago is going to have Jordan Howard number one on the depth chart and number one in my heart. He's been staying late to work on the pass catching. His catch rate improved from 58% to 72% between 2016 and 2017. And if you're looking for a poor man's Todd Gurley from, you know, from last year, this is the guy, Johnny. Like he he's doing all the things that he needs to do to improve upon his production from last year. And my bold prediction here, Johnny, for Jordan Howard is that he's going to be a top five fantasy running back next year. You heard it here first. Whoa! Drop the bomb, baby. Oh, Jordan whisper. Howard. Gee, that's a giant whisper. Wow, <laughs> Travis. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little. Be, I'm I don't think to it could my be. Thoughts here. I don't think it could be ignored that I'm a Green Bay Packers fan and I love Jordan Howard. All right, I I will give it to you that I think at first I was way off of the Jordan Howard bandwagon as far away as you can well, possibly. Guess what, be. buddy? Get, Give me, no, and, uh, no, Give me your hand. No, your hand, buddy. We're, hey. we're bringing you up on board with us. Right here. Right here. There's Come my on. hand. No, I I couldn't. I mean, I don't agree with the, the top five, but I understand. That's a bold prediction. You're in love with them. That's fine. Hey, but I do think at the that, top, brother. I, I do think that people are going, some people that, you know, aren't listening to the fantasy whispers are going to, you know, shy away from Jordan Howard. And I think that you make great points and the shotgun running out of the shotgun. I think that what we've seen too in the news, if you really look at the news here, right? Initially we were, we we're uh, high on Cohen, right? Oh, this guy's going to be playing all over the field. Great. That's awesome. But then if you pair that with what came out, what the head coach came out with the other day and said, where he, he simply said, technically Cohen needs to be slotted as both a running back and a wide receiver because he is going to spend equal amounts of time in both positions running multiple sets which to me when i heard that i 
I got instantly way more excited about Jordan Howard because you know why? That means that the Jordan Howard will be in on those plays, and they plan on playing them together, which will make defenses have to choose which one they're going to line up against. And that yeah. will that will that was allow... literally music to our ears when he said that about the Absolutely. position. Absolutely. Yep. And and so, like you said in your first stat, Jordan Howard faced so many eight man boxes. I don't think that they will be able to with this spread offense that uh, that Nagy's going to produce here. Well, just, and, just a little teaser. I don't think they're going to be able to because of my tight end bromance, oh, which we'll get into a little oh, bit later. But oh. there are just additional weapons. A guy you like in Anthony Miller. Allen mm. Robinson comes to town. They still have uh, Kevin White. You know, I know he's not great and he hasn't shown, but he was a first round talent. So they yeah. have pieces Top here. Pick. Top 10 pick. They are, they have pieces here, and I think that the offense will be improved, especially running that spread read option stuff. Mm -hmm. That's how Mitch Trubisky was successful in college, uh, leaning on a strong running game from a coach who loves to talk good things about his running back is going to be a key to that success as well. Yep. All right. I'm going to jump into my running back that I have a bromance with, and that is Marshawn Lynch. Yes, Beast Mode is my guy that I am super high on. Travis, do you know what the number one knock on John Gruden has been on Twitter so far this offseason? Oh, it's probably has to do with him being in the booth for 10 years and not being understanding what football is all about and anymore and something like that, some garbage like that. Yep, you could not be any more accurate than what you just said. That is absolutely true. And you know what? He's kind of backed it up with what he came out and he said he is already wanting to get this team back to the 90s smash mouth football that he used to run when he was coaching over 10 years ago. And you know what, Travis? That brings something something real close to mind here. And that's... Cause you know just what to say And you know just what to do and I want to tell you so much. I love you. Whoa, whoa, That's whoa, right. John, John, That's whoa. Right. Are you, I wanna... Is your bromance with John Gruden or is it with Marshawn Lynch? That's what I want to know. Well, Travis, to be honest with you, it's kind of with both, right? <laughs> I guess you got to be married to the head coach as well. That's hey. definitely a strategy. Lady Gaga says not gay if it's a three-way, all right? Uh, that's another song um but um i'm gonna go and say every fantasy owner loves hearing this because what better way to get back to 90s smash mouth football than to give it to the guy who invented smash mouth football and marshawn lynch who will be running behind the seventh best offensive line according to our draft kit, which is available on the fantasywhispers.com. Give us your email and you'll get it strictly for free straight to your email. But I'll get back to what a Marshawn Lynch would, will provide you this season. And if you look at the last eight games of last season, six out of those eight games, he finished as an RB2 or better. His current ADP is in the fifth round. It is creeping up. So, you know, he used to be a better value earlier in the summer. But I will say, I think a big part of why his ADP has jumped so much, Travis, is 
in this first preseason game. And I know what you're going to say is preseason. Don't read into it too much. His first carry went for, you know, a a massive gain, something like 50 something yards uh, and a touchdown. It was called back. There was holding that is kind of questionable. It was kind of like Marshawn was already past that lineman when it was called, which is kind of crap. But I will say that when that's not what got me so excited about Marshawn Lynch, it was his burst. It was his speed. He looked lighter. He looked faster. The, the safety couldn't catch him. And he was, it looked like he was kind of jogging there for a while because he was just so much quicker than the guy. That's what makes me so excited. I have him projected around 230 carries and a little under a thousand yards, but where he's going in drafts and his touchdown upside behind that great offensive line, Travis, that makes him my bromance for the running back position. And I am an absolute love with Marshawn Lynch. And here's my bold take for Marshawn Lynch. He will finish better than Jordan Howard. Boom. Wow. Wow. Just coming, coming at my, coming at my bromance so hard, dude. That's I don't right. really appreciate, I don't appreciate that. I don't appreciate, I mean, it. I don't appreciate it one bit. Okay. Not one bit. All right. Well, Johnny, I don't have much to argue on that. I think initially when the off season started, I was very hesitant on Lynch because it was a new regime because of the Gruden, because of the Monday night game where Gruden was, you know, literally bromancing so hard on Doug Martin that he goes and signs Doug Martin. So that scared me. But after seeing that run, like the rest of the fanboys on Instagram and and Twitter, um, I am, you know, slowly starting to really, you know, I always had Lynch as the bigger part of this timeshare, more of a 60, 70, 30 kind of split. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, now I'm leaning towards like this. This could really be Marshawn Lynch's team as far as Marshawn Lynch and Amari Cooper, you know, and then we're hearing a lot of good things about Derek Carr coming out today about how he's mastered John Gruden's offense already. And I think all this bodes well for a productive offense to be able to come in and lean on Marshawn Lynch for some scoring. So I think we're ready to move on, though, to our tight ends, or yep. I mean, our wide receivers, right? Yep. You wanna you wanna kick it off, or you want you want me to go first on this one, Travis? Why don't you, I'll, why don't you take I'll, I'll me through first. your bromance first here? All right, I'll take you to my bromance for the wide receiver position, and that is going to be my boy <laughs> Demarius Thomas. And I just got I just I just want to play this for Demarius because this is how he's been feeling over the last few years. And I can't I can't do nothing but feel for the guy, you know, so I'm going to give this one to out, shout out to him. Hello, it's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to me to go over Everything. Is, is this what he's singing to the ball? Uh, yeah, he, he's saying this uh, to the ball because the quarterbacks that have been throwing him the ball have been so awful. I mean, you think about it, Travis. And he had last year, he had a combination of Brock Osweiler, or excuse me, two years ago, a combination of Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch. And then if you want to extend that to three years ago, he had good old noodle arm at that time as well as a little Trevor Simeon. To me, 
Demarius Thomas has not had a fair representation of the true wide receiver and beast that he truly is. And I'm a firm believer in his talent and his abilities with a competent quarterback. And I believe they have that in Case Keenum. If you look at Demarius Thomas here, in the last two years, he's played every single game. Sure, he gets a little banged up from game to game, but he never he hasn't come out or missed a game. When you look at the quarterbacks that he had, you know, I, I just told you the trailer trash that he uh, that he had as uh, a <laughs> quarterback. He still finished as a wide receiver two or better 47 percent of the time, which is tied for 13th best during that span. And then if you want to extend it to three years. And yes, I know Peyton Manning was on that team, but he was Mr. Noodle Arm at that time. But he still was 54%. He was a wide receiver two or better, which is sixth in that time span. So like I said, in comes Case Keenum, who last year produced a top 10 wide receiver in Adam Thielen and the number 19 wide receiver in Stefan Diggs. So moving Demarius Thomas all over the field in Denver is the rumors that that are coming out. So this shows to me that they are want they are and they are and they want to get Demarius Thomas the ball as much as possible. And we saw it already that connection, the very first pass and the only pass that was completed by Case Keenum in the first preseason game was to Demarius Thomas. I think Demarius well, Thomas has the top ten potential this season. And his floor is a consistent wide receiver, too. I will agree with you that I think that Dem- I, t- I will reverse my stance from a couple weeks ago that I think Demarius Thomas is a fine pick. I think both of the wide receivers will uh, hold value. I'm really high on Emmanuel Sanders a couple rounds later where you can get him. But uh, I don't think that it's fair of you to use the argument of preseason Case Keenum throwing to Demarius Thomas. And then in the same breath, say that Case Keenum's going to be a, an effective quarterback because he had no other completed passes in that preseason game. He looked like garbage. I mean, but he only had four passes. Let's not stick in overreactionville because we need to get on oh. to my wide receiver. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I liked, I like, I, I really want to play a little something for this guy because he means a lot to me. If any of you have heard that banger in the club, you've been getting down on the dance floor. Well, guess what? Juju Smith gets down on the dance floor, but his dance floor is the end zone because this dude scores touchdowns. In fact, while we were recording this show, he scored another preseason touchdown, Johnny. The guy is an absolute beast, and my bromance at wide receiver for this year is Juju Smith-Schuster. He got nearly 1,000 yards last year as a rookie, and he did it in only 14 games. He had the 917 yards. And this guy is pretty much still a rookie in age because he's only 20 years old. And if you look back just the length of his age, back to when he was born, so 20 years in the NFL, and you look at yards per target as a rookie, nobody has had more yards per tar- target as a rookie than Juju Smith-Schuster. Yes, that's right. Not even your boy, Randy Moss. 
In fact, Randy Moss is Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham was way better, right? Travis, that's what the nation thinks. That's what they think until they listen with their ear holes to what I'm saying, the knowledge that I'm dropping on them. Okay. Randy Moss was second, okay, and yards per target as a rookie, and that's 10.59. Number one, nearly a actually over a whole yard better is Juju Smith-Schuster with 11.61. What was probably the biggest hurdle for Smith-Schuster last year, Johnny? Like he had to he had to kind of fight off Martavis Bryant at the beginning of the year for targets and right, to get involved right. in this team. Well, he's gone now, and he may be gone out of the league, but that's 84 targets that are up for grabs. So I don't think all those are going to Antonio Brown, right? And I think this locks in Juju Smith-Schuster to get around 85% snap rate, which is phenomenal in a very high-octane offense like the Steelers. So for me, I think it's a no-brainer, barring injury or some kind of catastrophic disaster. Juju Smith-Schuster will not only be a wide receiver one this year, Johnny, but he's going to be top 10. He's going to be top 10, and I love where you're getting him in drafts. He is amazing. He's young. He's strong. He does all the dirty work to keep him on the field as far as blocking. And as you can tell right now, I'm getting a little excited over here. And that's just why Juju Smith-Schuster is my bromance for 2018. Wow. Okay. I I mean, I will agree that I think that Juju Smith is definitely rising. It is interesting, Travis, right? Because he's scoring. (laughs) Yeah. I, wait, that's, I think that's not I all. Think I think your camera's a little tilted right now. It's no, little... it's it's my blood pressure, Johnny. Oh, being oh, so excited oh. about Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, got it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we've seen it before where these players, I mean, Alshon is, is a great example, who last year scored nine touchdowns. He didn't go over a thousand yards receiving, but because he scored so many touchdowns, he was super fantasy relevant week in and week out. And I think that that's what we can see in Juju Smith. He's building a real, a real rapport with, you know, Ben Roethlisberger in practices. You can obviously tell he's putting in the work in the offseason with the amazing catches that he's he's presenting right now. Now Antonio Brown hasn't played, so that is a little bit of a factor. But here's what I like, Travis. Here's what I like. I know you shake your head, but you're gonna like this fact that I'm about to spit right now. Uh, this fact, I, I kind of want to drop a beat just to let it just to let it out. But when Antonio, you know, when Antonio Brown is not in the game, we can clearly see based on the preseason that Juju Smith is the exo facto number one, and he is able to handle that load right now. So you're looking at Antonio Brown, who has missed games in the past. He's not the most healthy. I mean, he has soft tissue issues, multiple soft tissue issues already this preseason. Exactly. that's, that's That's a warning sign. So I will definitely if. Antonio Brown were to miss a significant amount of time, which I really hope he doesn't. But if he does, I have no problem at all with your top 10 pick. In fact, I would endorse it as well. But with Antonio Brown there, I I do pause a little bit on whether he'll be a top 10. But if Antonio Brown were to miss any time, Juju automatically becomes a number one wide receiver fantasy option. All right, Travis, let's get into our last section today. Well, what you I got more? Bo- I think they're both going to be wide receiver ones. That's that's my whole point here. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster was, you know, he snuck in at 21 last year. Yeah. That was in a year where he was just getting his bearings. Martavis Bryant was still there. 
They are going to throw a ton. I think they're both going to be within the top 10. And I think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be top. Or, uh, yeah, top 10. All right. So I'm going to jump into our last and final category here. And that's going to be the tight end position that we have a huge bromance with. And I'm I'm picking here a guy that is I've been pushing all off season, and that is Ricky Seals. And you know what? I'm I'm playing this drop because this is how I feel about him. You know. First off, I want to start the reasoning on why I love Ricky Seals so much. This year is. If you look at his birthday, it's March 15th, one day after mine. So I automatically, I got I got to love the love wow. the guy already. Yeah, wow. exactly. We, so, got league, we got league winning advice here coming in yep. from game time. Johnny game time Hicks. Exactly. Those I got that. Bombs. I got that connection with him. All right. No, in all seriousness, you look at his height, right? He's 6'5", 225 pounds. He was a converted wide receiver put in the tight end position because he was so big, and he, but he can block really well. You look at what he was doing last year. He had 12 receptions for 201 yards. I know you're going to say 12 receptions, Johnny. That doesn't really give you a lot of sample size, but it, it, you're right. It doesn't give you a full season sample size, but we also judge other players when we're evaluating fantasy on their small sample size, I'll, uh, yeah. <coughs> sorry. Uh, I want to say just on watching. Sorry. I've been, mm. yeah, I got a little, wow. uh, yeah, sorry. I got <clears throat> a, yeah, like tack of tack low, of something there. Low blow. Uh, uh sorry. Or <coughs> Jimmy <coughs> Garoppolo. Sorry. Um, but back to my point here. Yes. I understand his receptions weren't that high, but he was averaging a whopping 16.75 yards per carry. You look at who his quarterback is starting the season, and that's Sam Bradford. We know Sam Bradford likes to throw to tight ends. He made uh, Jared Cook a relevant tight end a few years ago when he was healthy the whole year. And, yes, okay, let's say Sam Bradford does go down with injury, which we both kind of expect. Well, when rookies come in, he's it's Josh Rosen. And who's Josh Rosen going to throw to? Well, his trusty wide uh, wide receiver and Larry Fitzgerald, this is true. But there's going to be 250 targets available, and that's counting over 100 targets for Larry Fitzgerald and over 100 targets for DJ. So there's still a remaining 250 targets available, and I think that the next best option is the tight end, Ricky Seals-Jones. So he definitely has that high upside. We saw a game last year where he came down with two touchdowns and 70 yards. I think that that's definitely a possibility to happen at least once this season, and I expect... Ricky Seals-Jones to be a tight end one this season, especially if Josh Rosen comes in and starts playing. And, I mean, I'm not downgrading him too much with Sam Bradford because Sam Bradford's super accurate when he comes to throwing the ball. So he he's, for me, a, a very, very nice option where he's going. He's virtually free in drafts at the moment. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that Sam Bradford has made a career on throwing to the middle of the field in the slot, and I think that favors someone like Ricky Seals-Jones to be an alternative option for those times that Fitzgerald's not always going to just live in the slot. They will use him in the slot a lot, but Seals-Jones can be that alternative slot option for the Cardinals. So I agree with you there. I like Seals-Jones, especially where you can get him. 
basically undrafted almost, just about. Value is super great right there. All right, Travis, you want to get into your tight end? Yeah, I mean, what's I think what's really important here is to remember that I'm a Packers fan. Even though I've got two Bears as my bromance this year, I am still a Packers fan, I swear. So <laughs> Trey Burton is my guy. Trey Burton is my tight end bromance of the year for 2018. And I think it's really important to look at what young quarterbacks like Mitch Trubisky do. And they throw to the tight end, as Johnny talked about with Ricky Seals-Jones. So I think that Nagy has had a history of using the tight end in a unique way. If you look at the Chiefs, you look at Travis Kelly, Kelsey, sorry. And I think if you look at Trubisky last year, he had a passer rating of 105 when targeting the middle of the field. So these things are just kind of lining up. You look at what Nagy has said, actually quoted about Trey Burton, and he said he's going to use him in the Kelsey role as the receiving tight end. So then you got to look at some of these guys that have had these roles for Nagy before or in these similar offenses, and that's Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz. If you look at advanced analytics on those guys, and they show you that Trey Burton's actually smaller and not as big as these guys, but he's actually faster than both of those players. So I think that's also important to look at. And I think, just like I said before, the offense has improved with Jordan Howard. I think that they should continue to move the chains, which will give scoring opportunities to not only Jordan Howard himself, but red zone opportunities for Trey Burton. And so I really like that to happen. And, and so if, as I was comparing him to people like Kelsey and Ertz, that's my bold prediction here, Johnny. Trey Burton will be a better fantasy tight end than Zach Ertz this year. And I'm just going to tell you why before you go crazy about this, because I know you love Zach Ertz and everybody in the world does. We talked about it at the top of the show. The Eagles are in, are in trouble as far as health of their quarterback right now. I think they're going to lean more on the run. I think that their pass cap catching options are down. And I think the Super Bowl hangover is a thing. I think we're actually going to see Philly kind of struggle this year. And I think with that, part of that narrative is going to be that Zach Ertz is going to have a less fantasy relevant season than Trey Burton. Wow, that's really, really bold there. It's a hot take. I, yeah, that's a really hot take. I, I don't think that I necessarily agree with that. I mean, yes, the injury to Nick Foles is is very concerning. However, they're going to have to throw the ball. I mean, they're not going to come into every single game saying we're going to give Jay Ajayi 50-something carries, right? So you you think that, okay, let's say Carson. Yeah, the other Carson, reason, sorry, sorry to interrupt. The other reason is Dallas Goddard. The tight end that they just drafted has been a star in camp. So I think that that guy could siphon off some looks from uh, Zach Ertz too. Okay, but – you're talking about the guy that we're talking about right now is Trey Burton, who you say is a very, very skilled tight end, which I agree. Yeah. But even Trey Burton didn't do anything to Ertz's value last year. So I'm not concerned about another tight end that's coming in. Zach Ertz is going to be is going to be safe. Zach Ertz is going to be a top three tight end in my in my rankings. So to me, because they drafted another tight end, of course, they're going to need a tight end. Ertz has been known to miss a couple games from year to year. I'm not worried about another tight end coming in, especially when we saw this very scenario happen last year with the guy we're talking about currently. So, but I do think that Trey Burton is definitely a value right now, uh, especially lately. It seemed like he's fallen to <laughs> me uh, in a lot of mock drafts and in, in the 10th round, 
uh, which, you know, is very surprising to me, but uh, a little bit because at one, at some point, all those tight ends start becoming the same kind of value to me. Uh, once you get past, you know, the top three, and then there's kind of a little mini second tier there. And I think that Trey Burton can jump into that little mini second, you know, maybe be, I think, I think he could be the Evan Ingram of this year. I certainly, I think that's in the realm of possibilities. All right, Travis, wherever he finishes, it'll be ahead of Zach Ertz. All right. So you want to tell, we got something new for the show tonight and for the whisper. And you want to, you want to intro this, this video real quick. Yeah. So just so everybody knows at the end of each show, we're going to start doing at least on the Thursday shows, our buddy Austin Sear out there helping us out, put some content out. He's going to give us his fresh whisperspective each week. Okay. He's going to give you a little take on some oddball things that he finds throughout the week. And so I would love if you guys all gave, you know, gave him a shout out on your social media. Let us know what you think about the segment. We're going to put it on here tonight and it'll, it'll follow up every show on Thursday night going forward for the regular season. Thank you all so much for coming in. We appreciate it. And Whisper Nation, we love you. I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and that's Big Travi. And until next time, peace. Peace. Oh, hey. I didn't see you there. You must be tuning in for a fresh Wisp perspective. I'm Austin Sear. Let's talk about ADP. As the season quickly approaches, league managers across the planet are preparing to dominate their friends, colleagues, classmates in the greatest game based on a game ever, fantasy football. Average draft position, or ADP, is a common metric used to evaluate where you can expect a player to be selected in a draft. ADP is also used in simulated mock drafts. Now, while I encourage all of you in the Whisper Nation to mock early and mock often, know that there are intrinsic problems with this ranking system and relying on it entirely for your actual draft will wreck you worse than the Legion of Boom did to Peyton Manning in Super Bowl 48. When mocking, you ever notice how many sleepers are available in every mock draft you seem to do? Like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to grab Marshawn Lynch in the middle of the sixth round or one of these Washington running backs in the 12th. Stupid computer robot. Yeah, stupid robot. If the robots doing mock drafts were the same robots that Skynet had created, we wouldn't need John Connors to save us. John C. Riley would do just fine. Here's the situation. ADP is based on where people are selecting players. All of the people, all of the geniuses and all the idiots thrown into the same bucket. It's basically pull the audience if you're a contestant on who wants to be a millionaire. More or less, it ranks who you'd want on your starting lineup day one. But day one is not a sufficient lens to look at your team through when there are 110 days in a standard fantasy season. ADP does not incorporate value, and value is what you want to aim for more than anything else when you draft. So what's value? Value is the separation of production and expectation. You want to find many people who are going to exceed their expectations. Here's an example using NFL.com's ADP and their projections. Royce Freeman rookie running back for the Denver Broncos, who's competing with Devontae Booker for that starting role, NFL.com currently has him going at 79. That's about middle of the sixth round in a 12-person league. NFL.com also predicts him to score 192 points this season. That would be good enough to be the 12th running back this year. Now, this projection is based on this rookie beating out Devontae Booker and becoming the workhorse back for the Broncos. This is a likely situation to happen, and if it does, that 79th ADP would be a steal. 
The challenge with this comes from analyzing the board and identifying who will have the best opportunities to put up serious numbers, especially those ones who are not getting a lot of attention right now. You also want to avoid those whose ADPs are inflated. Did I hear somebody say Tyreek Hill? Anyways, you want to avoid these types of players. Now, this can be challenging, but the Fantasy Whispers have done all the heavy lifting for you already. Just go ahead, give them your email address, and they will provide you with the 2018 Fantasy Whispers Draft Guide. It comes with colorful charts, it's got a whole bunch of information, player profiles, videos, everything you could look for, it's in here. It's about as thick as the Bible, just a lot more reliable. This has been your Whisperspective. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisper.